Welcome to Macquarie Street, the national political podcast coming to you from the crucible of Australian democracy. Here's your host, Lyle Shelton. Early results from Italy's election show a clear victory for an alliance of right-wing parties. That paves the way for Giorgia Maloney to become Italy's first female prime minister and its first far-right leader since Benito Mussolini. Thanks for your company. Much to get through today, including my interview with Kiralee Smith from Binary about the ongoing harm being caused to children because your politicians do not have the courage to rein in the child gender clinics. This is a big issue in the Victorian election where I'm currently based. Uh, not, that, not that you'd know it because the media protects dangerous woke ideology in our schools and in our medical system. I'm sure by now you've heard about the political earthquake in Italy, where a pro-family, pro-truth-about-gender Prime Minister has been elected. I'll take a look at Giorgia Maloney's rise to power and what this means for mainstream Australians, who are, who are effectively labelled fascists and far-right for holding similar views uh, as you heard in the cold intro. And you won't believe the Greens' latest dopey idea. I might have just given that away. All that and more, don't touch that dial. More than a year after child gender clinics in Europe began rethinking puberty blockers and irreversible surgery for gender-confused children, questions are finally being asked publicly of an Australian health minister. Labor member of the New South Wales Upper House, Greg Donnelly, told a budget estimates hearing in Sydney recently he had grave concerns about a New South Wales child gender clinic after speaking with families and clinicians. Speaking of the Maple Leaf House facility attached to Newcastle's John Hunter Hospital, Donnelly told the parliamentary hearing, quote, I have been informed that only after two or three medical appointments, they, that's children, are moved on to the commencement of puberty blocking medication, end quote. Donnelly's questioning comes just months after the controversial Travistock Children's Gender Clinic in London was closed after child victims, now adults, of puberty blocking and, cro and cross-sex hormone treatment spoke out. Its most famous victim, Kira Bell, went on to have, as an adult, her breasts removed before suing Tavistock for putting her on blockers as a child. Tavistock was closed down in July for harming children. Donnelly's questioning forced puberty blocker supporter, the New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard, to agree and say, quote, that he would look closely at the issues and take advice. Now, this is the first time an Australian health minister has been willing to put the gender clinics under the microscope. But given the medical establishment in Australia's support of so-called affirmation therapies on gender-confused children, no one is holding their breath about Hazard doing anything meaningful to rein in the child gender clinics. The video I'm about to show you was put together by Binary, a campaign organisation highlighting the harms of gender-fluid ideology. The video features Kira Bell and several detransitioners, including Chloe Cole, who spoke out just last week in the United States about her horrific experiences. It's hard to watch and hear, but we need to if we are to create the awareness needed to get our politicians to have the courage to push back on the powerful LGBTIQA plus political lobby. I don't want to use the word indoctrinated, but I was young and I was sad and I was impressionable and I thought that this would fix everything. As a woman who lived as trans for eight years, had top surgery at 
full hysterectomy, bottom surgery, went all the way, then woke up and realized I made the biggest mistake of my life. I feel like I'm left to just accept the scraps of the life that I could have had, but it's so weighted. More and more kids are falling for the false promise of happiness if they transition. I was introduced to a belief system. If you don't fit in, that's a sign that you're trans. If you don't like your body, then that's a sign that you're trans. And if you transition, all of these problems will be fixed. I wish I was the exception to the rule. If I had detransitioned, done research, and realized that literally everyone else was happy and no one was being harmed by this, I wouldn't be making the type of content that I'm making. I was a full-ass grown adult convinced by one person. If that happened to me in my early 20s, imagine these younger kids with just a single teacher telling them, you are not a boy, you're a girl, or the other way around. My parents were told that the options were to transition or suicide. They complied because they were not offered any other treatment solution for my distress. I have blood clots in my urine. I am unable to fully empty my bladder. I do not yet know if I am capable of carrying a child to full term. Even the doctors who put me on puberty blockers and testosterone do not know. It is a fact that the gender affirmative protocol for adolescents with gender dysphoria, which includes regimens of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries like double mastectomies, is irreversible. I'm delighted at the judgment of the court today. It was a judgment that will protect vulnerable people. I wish it had been made for me before I embarked on the devastating experiment of puberty blockers. I was an adult when I transitioned. What about these young children who are going to these clinics being affirmed like I was? They have no idea what they're going to want as adults. Puberty blockers are reversible. The only risk is that it can affect your bone density. If you decided a couple of years time, so you're 11 now, and you thought, you know what, I don't want to be a female, I'm going to go back to being Campbell, then we can stop the Zolodex. That won't happen. No. <laughs> you know, I don't think that will happen either. Earlier in the week, I spoke to Binary's Lee Smith. Take a listen. Well, it's great to have Binary Australia's spokeswoman, Lee Smith, with me today. Lee, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Lyle. And Kiralee, uh, we're now live to our live stream audience, but for those who are watching the, the podcast, which drops later this week, you and I have just watched the excellent video that Binary produced last week featuring a number of prominent detransitioners, uh, people who have had gender confusion uh, and had surgery, radical alterations of their body, and then um, have spoken out about the harms that that have done. And that, that included people like Chloe, Chloe Cole, who did a a media conference last week with the U.S. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene and also uh, Kira Bell, probably the world's most famous detransitioner who helped shut down the Tavistock Child Gender Clinic in London. Kira, that was a, an awesome piece of work. Um, tell us about what you're seeing in binary and, and the opportunity that there has been uh, through uh, the, the bravery of these detransitioners to, to feature their stories in the way that, that you've done. Yeah, look, it's really hard to watch. I find it really hard to watch that that video. It's very emotional um, watching, particularly, you know, it's so common now for women who um, as teenage girls were sold the lie that they um, didn't belong in the body that they were born in and have undertaken the most drastic measures. Um, and in the case of the video, you know, these girls were taking um, hormones, sorry for my dog, um, 
taking hormones uh, that deepen their voice, give them facial hair, and and um, most of them also had a double mastectomy, which is a very serious surgery. And all of those things are irreversible. And they were sold the lie on a couple of um, consultations with a gender clinic um, and told that you, you could have these uh, cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers and surgery. Most of it's reversible and you won't have any regrets and uh, and they've, they've gone into it. At a time in their life where they were already, all of them talk about uh, they were experiencing either some form of trauma, they might be on the spectrum, uh, they've had some sort of abuse or something happened in their life with mental health issues and depression, that those are the issues that should have been addressed and were not in every yep. single case. Um, they were led down this affirmation-only pathway, which is, affirms nothing, it affirms a, um, a fantasy basically, and um, these women are now tragically left for the rest of their life and Chloe Cole says it so well, doesn't even know if she's going to be able to have children, doesn't know what the lifelong effects are going to be and nor do the doctors. So it's, right. it's just a tragedy unfolding and these brave, brave women who are speaking out, oh, and my heart breaks for them, Lyle, but at the mm. same time I'm cheering them on and saying thank you so much and hopefully there'll be some young girls and guys who watch these videos and think twice about the pathways that they're on. Yeah, look, as you say, it is very confronting to watch, is to watch uh, a young woman who has lost her breasts, uh, wondering whether she is going to be able to carry a child in the future, trouble uh, emptying her bladder, all of these sort of terrible, horrific side effects from uh, so-called gender uh, affirmation treatment. And your, your video features um, an Australian, Dr. Michelle Telfer, who is, is one of the most prominent proponents uh, of of transitioning children. She's at the Royal Children's Hospital here in Melbourne, where I'm currently based on assignment for the Victorian election at the moment. Um, she, she's you know, quite openly saying this is all fine for kids. And yet we've got these stories now coming out almost on a weekly basis. Uh, what is happening in this country that our politicians are still allowing this as we're seeing child gender clinics shut down in London and in Northern Europe uh, and um, you know, questioning of, of this approach all around the world, yet here in Australia, our politicians are still allowing children to be experimented on. Uh, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling and beyond comprehension that this is happening. There are very few, basically no long-term studies of the effects of these mm. puberty blockers, let alone this cross-sex hormones and everything else. Um, they're using them off-label, so um, puberty blockers were designed just for a very specific short window of time for children with precocious puberty, so they're like 8, 9, 10 years old. Um, but now they're being prescribed to teenagers for a very long um, amount of time. Dr Dylan Wilson, a paediatric spe specialist in Queensland, has written an open letter to GPs saying don't send kids to gender clinics, particularly like the Melbourne one where they will be put on these affirmation-only pathways. And um, the harm that is done, we already know that it can result in um, genitals don't grow, so there's no sexual function as adults uh, it can cause sterility they can and do and in that video I think um, Michelle Teffler says there's bone density issues and yeah. there's also brain development issues so these are very serious consequences they're not something that we should take lightly um, and, and it is time for gender clinics in Australia to undergo a very rigorous and very thorough investigation there needs to be um, some federal inquiries 
into these practices. Um, doctors and medical healthcare professionals have been um, threatened with, you know, cancellation and um, insults and abuse when they speak out about these things. But thankfully, there is a growing number of the medical professionals who are saying, hang on a minute, this is not right. Uh, this can't continue down this pathway. And as you mentioned, the UK has had to shut down their clinics because of Kira Bell. Sweden, Finland and some other countries are really seriously reassessing or, or pausing altogether uh, these treatments for under 18-year-olds. Um, adults, again, can go down this pathway if that's what they choose. But we have we have seen that adults who have gone down this pathway really had no idea of the implications and the side effects anyway. So it, it, it needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped Absolutely. right now. There needs to be an inquiry. Yeah, and it's a failure of our mainstream media that they are not putting a microphone in front of people like Premier Dan Andrews here in Victoria and saying, well, Tavistock has closed down uh, in the UK because a paediatrician, uh, Dr Hilary Cass, recommended that it shut down and they stopped giving puberty blockers to kids. And yet we are uh, still prescribing all this here at the Royal Women's uh, Children Hospital uh, here, in, here in Melbourne. Um, it, it's a massive failure. Uh, what, why do you think this is? Why do you think the media are so incurious when there's so much evidence from overseas of the harms, uh, experts coming out, action being taken by politicians overseas, and yet here, nothing? Yeah, look, I think there's several things. One, it's just become so politicised, which is utterly ridiculous. This is children's lives that we're talking about. Um, and this is an issue that isn't left or right politics. This is not, um, you know, it's not even, they want to now make it about, well, it's lesbian or feminism or right-wing Christian or whatever. It's not. This is simply about the health and well-being of children. And that's what it should be about. Medical um, uh, uh, principles have, you know, in this country have usually been really of high standard and there has to be very rigorous studies, there has to be evidence, yeah. it has to go through a lot of protocols and it all seems to have been thrown out the window because it was politicised and because the Anti-Discrimination Act took biological sex out of the Sex Discrimination Act, so there's no protections for sex in the Sex Discrimination Act um, and now everyone's really afraid of falling foul of this Anti-Discrimination Act and uh, so few people are willing to speak out, they don't want to risk their careers, they don't want to risk uh, the their ability to practice medicine and so instead of standing up and speaking out too many of them are just passing it on passing the buck to these gender clinics that are 100 percent politicized uh and unfortunately the media as we know are so captured by that um that progressive thinking which is it's regressive it's all about reinforcing stereotypes and really rigid stereotypes at that and um and again, none of those um, publications, well, very few of the publications, I should say, um, are prepared to speak what is right. They just go along with the ideology, that political agenda, and instead of questioning it, as you said, um, they either ignore it or they reinforce uh, yeah. the, the, the agenda because they want to be seen as progressive. Yep, no, that, that's right. And, and, and it's almost like the horse has really bolted on this, uh, particularly here in Victoria but in other states. Uh, you and I have both been highlighting 
the Victorian Education Department website, which tells teachers that if a child wants to transition at school and doesn't want their parents to know, the teachers must hide that information from their parents. And, and I've indeed spoken to a grandmother who has a, a daughter here in Victoria uh, whose transition was hidden from her parents for months and months uh, because of this policy. Yeah, we're here, we hear absolute horror stories of what's going on around the country, Lyle, where, um, you know, the first thing some parents are hearing is when, you know, police turn up at the door and take the child into, um, you know, some sort of foster care or care because the parents, because the child has said the parents won't let them transition and the parents don't even know what's going on. So these laws are out of control. Um, they have completely usurped parental authority and rights. Um, things are happening without parental knowledge or consent. Children's um, well-being and health are being put at risk all for this political agenda and it's ridiculous. There is no way that the state can parent children better than families can. There yeah. is so just so few rare exceptions where that would be the case and uh, this has all happened without most of the public aren't aware of it. They just don't yeah. know what these laws are. Um, I know with the, the education um, policy in Victoria, we polled uh, several thousand Victorians and many of them were in Mulgrave in Dan Andrews' seat. We mm. asked them were they aware that this policy exists, that uh, schools could transition children without parental knowledge or consent. Um, less than 30% actually were aware of it. Once they were made aware, we asked them, would you be opposed or in support of that policy? And almost 90% were strongly opposed wow. to that policy. Wow, there you policy. go, and Dan Andrews' <laughs> own electorate. Wow, yeah. Exactly. No, it, exactly. It's like, look, if, if people just knew the truth, we know that they would uh, vote out politicians who support this rubbish. We, we've seen this this week in Italy, and I wanted to get your comments on the new Italian Prime Minister. Uh, I'm going to get her name wrong. I think it's Giorgia Maloney. Uh, my Italian is very, very bad, but she has caused an absolute stir. They're calling her a fascist. They're calling her far right wing. But uh, watching her videos online, she stands up for the family. She stands up for the truth about gender. Uh, if only Australian politicians would say out loud the sort of things that she has said, mm. and she's been rewarded at the ballot box. What do you think that tells our politicians? Oh, look, I think they're all deaf and dumb, to be quite honest. Well, most of them are. There's a few few shining lights in there. Um, but, are. yes, I, I don't know much about her. I've only seen her this week. And, uh, and as you said, some of those videos are so refreshing to hear somebody talk about all of the identity issues and, um, and, and stand up for common sense. You know, she's just plain speaking. Uh, it is so refreshing. And, um, and I and many others obviously are celebrating uh, the example that she's setting but again um i will talk to poli i've talked to lots of politicians many of them um you know in private behind closed doors are oh yes we're all for you we agree but you know either they're afraid of the anti-discrimination act or they're in opposition and feel like they don't have that uh, ability to speak out which i don't know what you're opposing if you can't speak out against what the government's doing um but there are some rare voices but you know we see things like you know bernie finn when he speaks up for pro-life and and the, these sort of issues, it gets kicked out of these parties. So it, it's really frustrating, Lyle. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to turn turn it around other than we just have to keep trying. We have to keep voicing these things. We have to keep speaking the truth and, uh, and hope that that pendulum has almost finished its arc and is about to swing back because it's uh, too much damage is being done in the meantime.
oh, I think the arc is going to swing back. The tide is turning. We're seeing that all around the, the world. Uh, uh, Kiralee, uh, thank you so much for your time today. I know that your voice is very much appreciated by all of us in the work of Binary, and I'd encourage everyone to go to binary.org.au. I think it's the correct website, and uh, check out Kiralee's work there. But uh, thanks for your time today, Kiralee. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Lyle. When our media and elites smear someone as far-right or fascist, generally it means they are mainstream. But the more they try to demonise and cancel pro-family, pro-biological, gender and pro-free speech politicians, the more they win. So it is with the new Italian Prime Minister, Giorgia Meloni. She was uh, she won on a platform of supporting the natural family, stopping illegal immigration, human rights for the unborn, and less European control of her country. Elites hate her for this, but voters don't. Here are some of the extreme things she has said, which are going viral on social media. This video was at an event recently where she called out the left's animus towards the natural family. Why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening, she asks. Because it defines us, it defines our identity. Take a listen, and apologies to my podcast audio listeners, as you won't be able to read the subtitles as it's in Italian. Potrei farne tante altre di queste domande. A monte c'è quella che ci facciamo oggi: perché la famiglia è un nemico? Perché la famiglia fa così paura? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande: perché ci definisce, perché è la nostra identità, perché tutto quello che ci definisce in questo tempo è un nemico. Per chi vorrebbe che non avessimo più un'identità e che, fossero, che fossimo solamente schiavi, consumatori perfetti. E allora è sotto attacco l'identità nazionale, è sotto attacco l'identità religiosa, è sotto attacco l'identità di genere, è sotto attacco l'identità familiare. Non devo potermi definire italiana, cristiana, donna, madre, no. Io devo essere cittadino X, genere X, genitore 1, genitore 2, devo essere un numero. Perché quando sarò solamente un numero, quando non avrò più un'identità, quando non avrò più radici, beh, allora sarò lo schiavo perfetto in balia della grande speculazione finanziaria. Il consumatore perfetto. E questa è la ragione per la quale... Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi noi facciamo tanta paura. Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi questo appuntamento fa tanta paura. Perché noi non vogliamo essere dei numeri, noi siamo qui per dire che noi non siamo dei numeri, noi difenderemo il valore della persona umana, di ogni singola persona umana, perché ognuno di noi ha un codice genetico unico e irripetibile. E questo piaccia o no ha del sacro. Lo difenderemo, difenderemo Dio, la patria e la famiglia, che fanno tanto schifo a qualcuno. Lo faremo per difendere la nostra libertà, perché noi non saremo mai schiavi e semplici consumatori in balia della speculazione finanziaria. Ecco la nostra missione, ecco perché oggi sono venuta qui. Scriveva Chesterton ormai più di un secolo fa, vediamo se, lo, se ve lo trovo, fuochi verranno attizzati per dimostrare che 2 più 2 fa 4, spade verranno sguainate per dimostrare che le foglie sono verdi in estate. Quel tempo è arrivato, signori, siamo pronti. Grazie. Now that video has had nearly 20 million views on Twitter alone. Where are the Australian politicians who will stand up and fight against the dehumanizing LGBTIQA plus political agenda that erases mothers and fathers? Very few Australian politicians will say these things out loud, let alone an Australian Prime Minister.
To raise courageous voices like Georgia Maloney in Australian parliaments is why Family First exists. Around the world, leaders who stand for the family, for faith and for freedom are rising up. Not only are they standing, they are winning. Well, we know that we have broad support in the community. Uh, a, a growing, uh, a growing, uh, large growing part of the community wants us to get this done. And particularly when you talk to young people, uh, people aged under 30, they realise that, in fact, the war on cannabis is really a war on them. And in fact, far more harm is being caused by their involvement with the police, being caught up in the criminal justice system, just for smoking a joint with some friends. Well, there it is, folks. The Greens want your kids to smoke dope with their friends. If only marijuana was as harmless as Senator David Shoebridge makes it out to be. The Greens political party's push to legalise marijuana is a recipe for harm and social chaos. The, psych the psychosis-inducing drug has always been illegal in most nations because of its dangerous impacts on mental health and its ability to incite violence. But Shoebridge will release a bill for consultation uh, later this year aimed at allowing people to grow and smoke their own dope. He claims to have constitutional law advice to say a Commonwealth bill could override state government prohibitions on the harmful drug. Really, uh, real, we are very confident that this bill will get through. If it doesn't get through in this parliament, we know we're going to build the campaign um, to get it through next year. But we're pulling this bill, to, bill together. Uh, we are committed to legalising cannabis. And the good news is we can do it in one shot federally rather than having to do it bit by bit in the different states and territories. In claiming the war on drugs is lost and therefore they should be legal, Shoebridge and the Greens are engaging in classic diversion play. They claim enforcement doesn't work, so we might as well legalise it. This is the same argument used to legalise the exploitation of young women by men in prostitution, a harmful public policy failure. If we took this approach to murder and illegal parking, we'd also give up enforcing these prohibitions. It makes no sense to legalise things that still happen despite being illegal. Cannabis is a dangerous drug that alters the mind and causes violent behaviour. Several mass murdering high school shooters in the US were found to have been cannabis users. A fact sheet produced by Family First New Zealand says, quote, According to virtually every scientific review, including a 2016 World Health Organization report and a 2017 National Academy of Sciences study, marijuana is addictive and harmful, despite rhetoric from the marijuana industry. Direct associations have been made between the frequency of marijuana use and higher THC potency with the development of mental health issues, psychosis, depression, anxiety, suicidality, reshaping of brain matter and addiction. Links to lung damage and serious cardio cardiovascular problems have also been found. Hypertension, myocardial infection, uh, stroke and cardiac arrest. Chronic adolescent marijuana use has been correlated with cognitive impairment and a decreased ability to do well in work or school. Family First New Zealand, which is a lobby group, ran a successful campaign recently to convince New Zealanders to vote no in a referendum put up by the New Zealand government to legalise marijuana. Family First Australia also opposes the legalisation of drugs, including marijuana. The iron law of public policy is what governments encourage or licence society gets more of. No public good can come of the Greens' plan to legalise cannabis. It's just another of their dopey ideas. Victoria's 
Brutal abortion to birth laws are in the spotlight again following revelations the Hawthorne Football Club allegedly pressured an Indigenous player's girlfriend to kill her unborn baby. Thankfully the woman resisted Hawthorne's bullying and the baby lived. But this was not before legendary Hawthorne coach Alistair Clarkson allegedly pressured the unnamed player to end the relationship with the baby's mother and to abort the baby. Quote, he told me to kill my unborn kid, the Indigenous player told the ABC. It was so intimidating, confusing and upsetting, he said. Clarkson just leaned over me and demanded that I needed to get rid of my unborn child and my partner. AFL CEO Gillan McLaughlin has urged Hawthorne to conduct an investigation, but the real investigation needed is into abortion culture licensed by the Victorian Parliament. Victoria was the first state in Australia to legalise abortion to birth when the now Premier Daniel Andrews was Health Minister. The law offers no protection for women coerced by men to terminate their unborn babies. There is no protection for baby girls who can be killed with impunity by sex-selective abortion. At least one doctor, Dr. Mark Hobart, has been sanctioned for blowing the whistle when he saw a couple he sought, uh, who sought to abort their baby because it was a girl. Now, Family First opposes abortion and believes women with unsupported pregnancies should be supported and that pain-capable babies should at least be protected. All forms of coercion of women and sex-selective abortions should be banned. Family First believes public education programs should be deployed to help the public again fall in love with the unborn so that abortion becomes unthinkable. Well, thanks for joining me today on the Macquarie Street Political Podcast. I'm based in Melbourne, helping out with the Family First uh, campaign for the Victorian election over the next couple of months. We've been interviewing candidates who will stand up for the family, faith and life. People like Italy's new PM, Giorgia Maloney. We'll be making announcements shortly. Keep an eye on Family First Facebook page or sign up for updates at familyfirst.org.au. Finally, special thanks to Dave and Aidan at The Good Source News for editing and post-production of this podcast. I couldn't bring you this without their help. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>